12, 2020. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon, and tonight we will review and discuss the grand key of Solomon the King, 2009, and other works translated by Mamduel Dai, otherwise known as Nineveh Shadrach. Nineveh is a modern incarnation of a medieval hermetic Sabean sage. He's also a Golden Dawn adept, whom we have known since 1998, when he sent us a copy of his first book, The Magical Tome of a Divine King. This was also a Solomonic grimoire in Arabic called The Medicine of Solomon which he eventually which was eventually pirated and became the book of smokeless fire now the grand key of solomon the king is commonly referred to as al arshnas and is attributed uh, to asaf ben barachiam in the ishtar publishing edition probably to help Solomonize the work. Arabic editions would be attributed to Asif ibn Barkhia, an Arab version of the same legendary Jewish sage of Solomon's court who supposedly wrote the book. And it dates back to the 12th century of the Common Era. Not quite as old as Picatrix, but old enough to make it venerable on the magician's bookshelf. Now, I'll be joined tonight by very honored Frater Sithmeth, who has some thoughts on the Book of Smokeless Fire. So, if you would like to spend an hour or so in the study of forbidden and forgotten lore, sit on your magic carpet, rub your magic lamp, and join us. And I've got my old magic lamp, my old Aladdin's lamp sitting over here. It's, it, 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 it really needs to be rubbed, but I'm afraid to rub it. <laughs> so let's get right on into it. In the last few years, we have had a plethora of ancient Key of Solomon versions published, some of Greek origin, perhaps the most important being the Hydromacy of Solomon, which is actually considered an apocryphal New Testament text. Of course, most of us in the magical community still use the Samuel Mather's 19th century version of Solomon's Venerable Clavicle as our primary source for planetary talismans. Now, we usually put the Mather's version on one side and the Kamea of the planet on the reverse, and then we stick it under our scrying orb and we're good to go. The key of Solomon in all its versions, including Al-Aznas, the Grand Key, is primarily concerned with angelic and planetary magic. Most of it is positive and beneficial. Now, the Lesser Key of Solomon, the Goetia, Goetic Theurgy, and uh, the earlier Testament of Solomon, and the much later Magic Medicine of Solomon are demonic and based on Talmudic and Hadithic traditions of Solomon employing demons to build the great temple in Jerusalem, during which endeavor he bound the rebellious spirits in several vessels sealed with his magic ring, and he cast them into the sea or into a lake in Babylon, according to whose version of the legend you have. And the Arabian Nights has several stories of people finding these bottled gin and releasing them. Uh, I just I just saw the old classic uh, uh, Thief of Baghdad, uh, the 1939 Thief of Baghdad with Sabu, you know, the, the other night. And, you know, they've had a terrific uh, scene of, the, of him finding one of the bottles and opening it up and having the huge genie come out, you know, and, and he tricks the genie back into the bottle. And uh, it, it's delightful. Uh, the Thief of Baghdad is an Alexander Corder production, you know, uh, I, I it, it really it, 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 to understand this and really get a visual picture of it that it, it, you really ought to watch it. Goetic magic is based on this legend. Now we keep the sigils of our spirits in a brass vessel with the seal of Solomon under the lid, and we 
bring out the particular essential when we wish to contact the spirit. Now, let me mention uh, this. Um, we have a, our brass vessel is a, is, is a Hindu uh, money, uh, brass, cast brass, brass Hindu money box, and it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And, and uh, however, you can, they got, they got some real nice ones on eBay if you, if you need to, if you need to find them there. They, they call them either, you know, either money boxes or beetle boxes, but then they're brass. And uh, so you might want to, if you want to pick one up, they, they, that's a good, good place to do it. The only connection between the Goetia and the Grand Key of Solomon, al is technical. The Grand Key has numerous references to the magic mirror, which is the primary conjuration device used in Goetic magic. It does not mention the crystal, which is referred to in other versions of the Key of Solomon. Now, the mirror was considered black magic by Orthodox Muslims, which explains why the description of it was deleted from Chapter 7 of the Picatrix, 900 A.D., but not before the earlier version circulated in Europe. Now, the Dominican Inquisitors in Spain adopted the Muslim prejudice against the mirror and they burned Sacco di Ascoli at the stake in 1360 A.D. for publishing his account of conjuring the demon Fluron in a dark mirror. Now, I cannot imagine anything more demonic than an Arabian Dominican. Now, we should remake the classic Monty Python Inquisitions kit to include one. You know, they, they in, in, in the Inquisitions kit, they had one, one, one of the Inquisitors was wearing an aviator's helmet, and they, 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 the whole thing was very silly. But I, I'd like to see an Arabian Dominican in there, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, no one expects the Arabian Dominicans yet. Let's, um, let's quote... The most obvious mirror reference in the Grand Key, and this is this is uh, the one that Nineveh did uh, translated on page 156. We read, "Distance yourself from any habitation and do not be frightened. Cast a mandal around yourself and on the mirror. Lay the mirror before you and summon the celestial." Ruhaniya, the lunar aspect, in charge of all the planets. Alternatively, you can write an amulet and banishments for yourself on some saucers. Wash them off with water and sprinkle it on the floor until it becomes wet. You do this for fear of the divergin. In addition, write an amulet for yourself on your right side and on your left side, and on your head, and below you. And when they come, ask your need of them, and the divine will fulfill it for you. Now I would like to suggest to my good friend and colleague, Stefan, who recently published a book called Techniques of Solomonic Magic, in which there were absolutely no techniques mentioned. Here, Stefan, you have a technique. Al-Ajnas was published in 2009. Your techniques book came out in 2015. How did you miss it? Uh, when you catch up, check out the other mirror references in Al-Ajnas on page 10 and 11, page 22 and page 40. On, and on the same subject, the Spanish to Latin to English Picatrix, with the deleted magic mirror description, was published in 2010, and, and Stefan missed that one too. Let me make a further comment on the above. The term uh, rubinia, which has several meanings, but in this case refers to a table of associations between letters, the mansions, and the mansions of the moon, the constellations of the standard zodiac and the seasons. This is, in effect, a lunar cosmic tuning dial like the one my master Fred Adams, peace be upon him, bequeathed to our temple. We should also point out that Solomonic magic, especially Goetia, is literally controlled by the moon and should only be performed when she is unfavorable in all her aspects. Picatrix emphasizes this all through his book. 
But to return to the grand key, it basically gives magicians a working description of the cosmos in Muslim or Arabian terms, much of which is Hermetic, Sabean, and Hebrew. This is obviously a medieval Spanish brew reflecting the multicultural synthesis that gave birth to the Picatrix and the Zohar. It combines Alexandrian Gnosticism and Hermeticism with Arabian and Jewish folklore. We are given the angels of the seven Muslim heavens and the angels of the planets, in contrast to the jinn of, of Iblis and numerous invocations of Metatron, and it refers often to the root of Yeh, but it offers sigils, but it offers no graphic representation of that lunar-based mandala. It does, and in, 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 in I, 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 I got one on the Internet, and it, it's beautiful, but it needs to be translated out of Arabic into, into uh, Hebrew or Phoenician or, you know, and, uh, or uh, alphabetic English, whatever. Uh, it does show numerous glyphs and sigils in Arabic, which invite comparison to European versions of the Key of Solomon. Taken as a whole, the, this book is worthy of study, and is an important contribution to magical literature. It deserves a quality, hard-bound edition with a scholarly modern introduction and commentary. And hopefully, the translator and the publisher can give us one. Uh, Prater Sifmath, are you with us? I'm here. Oh, good. good, good. Hang on, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, and then we're going to talk about Smokeless Fire. Alrighty. And now we'll move move to Nineveh Shadrach's first book, The Magical Tome of a Divine King, which contained his translation of the medieval Solomonic grimoire, The Medicine of Solomon. This was discovered in a Spanish castle in Toledo back in 1969. The Medicine of Solomon is a transition between the earliest Solomonic grimoire, The Testament of Solomon, which dates to the 2nd century A.D. and features 36 evil demons for the 36 Egyptian night decans who caused diseases and accidents and misfortunes. They provided Solomon with a magical anecdote for their evil deeds. Now, these 36 evil spirits were expanded to become 72 of the old, of the old Egyptian day and night gods of the Deccans in the medicine of Solomon. Uh, the old Spanish Arabic manuscript that Nineveh translated in the late 1990s. Shadrach tells us that the Arabic calligraphy dates the manuscript uh, to the 10th century, making it contemporary with Picatrix, but much later than, the, than its inspiration, which was the second century testament of Solomon. And years earlier than any known version of the Goetia. Now, the medicine may have influenced the Goetia. Both employ 72 spirits, obviously based on the Egyptian system. But not all 72 Goetic spirits are evil or especially harmful. Many of them are helpful and a source of valuable knowledge. And Asmodeus got me through statistics at graduate school. Whereas all of the 72 jinn in the medicine are evil and very harmful. The Goetic spirits are based on the fallen angels from the Book of Enoch. You can call them jinn if you choose uh, to, with the understanding that all jinn are not evil and bad, and not all bad jinn are from the underworld. You have to be aware that the underworld is also the overworld, and it has been since Hercules pulled the three-headed dog out of the cavern. In any case, the demons or jinn of the medicine of Solomon are certainly dangerous and should not be summoned. They should only be dealt with when the symptoms of their inflictions are, are encountered. And the grimoire provides a prescription for each disease, and that's why it's called the medicine of Solomon. I should also mention that there is no corollary between the names of the demons in the medicine and the spirits of the Galatia, with one exception. The 72nd and final spirit of the medicine, who is 
Asherah. And he's obviously derived from Ashtoreth, whom we know as the goddess Astarte. In the medicine, she is described thus. Her name is Asherah. In the image of a woman, she has the head of a bird with two horns. Suleiman, peace be upon him, said to her, From what is your corruption, and wherein is your resonance? And she replied, I reside in the air, and I am the daughter of Iblis. My corruption is that I seize a person, I seize him with delusions, and show him that he is the best among the people, most honored and chaste, and then I take him with, with hallucinations and a stroke and throw him on the ground. And after this, the king of the jinn, the Quittish, announced the prescription. Well, now, in order to understand this, we need to consult Richard Burton's terminal essay in the 10th volume of the Arabian Nights, pages 198 to 199, which I shall, which I shall read from. The Hebrews entering Syria founded religion, religionized by Assyrian Babylonia. Whence Akkadian Ishtar had passed west and become Ashtaroth or, or uh, Asherah, the Anatus of, of Armenia, the Phoenician Astarte, and the Greek Aphrodite, the great moon goddess, who is the queen of heaven and love. In another phase, she was. Venus Malita, the procreatrix. In Chaldean and in Arabic, she whom bringeth forth. She was worshipped by men, habited as women, and then uh, and, 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 and we can we can skip a lot of that. Uh, and then, and then, and then, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I don't want to be politically incorrect by skipping it, but but I but I but it's not very appealing. Um, um, you know, it's, it's sort of you know sort of, sort of uh, pagan drag queens um, describes a school of impurity uh, where women or men I don't know whatever. Um, here, the Phrygian symbolism of Kabylie and Attis had become the Assyrian uh, Baltimus and Astarte, and the Grecian uh, um, Adonis, and the anthropological forms of the two great heights of the site of Fakan, now Wadi al-Afik. On the route from Beirut to the, the Cedars is the glen of a wild and wondrous beauty, uh, fitting framework for the loves of the goddess, the demigod, and the ruins of the temple destroyed by Constantine, in contrast with nature's work, a glorious fountain uh, which feeds the river Ibram and still at times Adonis, uh, it runs purple to the sea. Now we've discussed this before in, 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 in relation to from ritual to romance and all. This is the death of Baal, and, and um, which we which we celebrate, uh, you know, at, at, at uh, summer solstice. Um, the Phoenicians spread this. Androgic worship over to Greece, and we find the concentrated service and mortuaries of the Corinthian Aphrodite, um, who aided the ten, uh, the ten thousand courtesans in gracing the Venus Temple from the excessive lust. Now, in the footnote, uh, Burton says that Orthodox Muslims. Uh, you know, we're, we're persecuting these uh, these 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 pagans, uh, these pagans in in uh, uh, in uh, Syria and in and in Lebanon, uh, and so that's the reason why uh, this this uh, the seventy second demon in the in the in the medicine was put in there. Um, so. See, let me find my place here. Um, and so we can attribute this last entry 
in the medicines list to one of those Arabian Dominicans. The disease here was Muslim heresy, paganism, and very appropriate for Solomon, whom the Bible tells us went after Astaroth and built a temple to the two of the goddess Astarte. Nineveh sent me a copy of this book in 1999 and asked me if I thought a modern grimoire with conjurations to summon these spirits would be a worthy project, and I answered with an emphatic no, and repeated the injunction in my review on the book in our journal, The Seventh Ray, that same year. I told Nineveh, why would anyone in his right mind want to seek to call forth these demons except to harm others? This would be hideous black magic. Nineveh, who is a responsible magician, agreed with me, and for years the medicine of Solomon remained in its original format. But in 2017, what Nineveh and I had discussed happened. An admitted black magician published a reworked version of the medicine of Solomon, in which he provided methodology for summoning the evil jinn. Nineveh then published the Book of Deadly Names with graphic images of the same jinn. Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, it quickly went out of print. <laughs> and, uh, and I ordered a used copy of Smokeless Fire uh, to review. However, it has not yet arrived, so I will welcome uh, very honored Frater Sithmeth, who has read the infernal volume and to give us his thoughts on the book of smokeless fire. Okay, Max, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? Just fine. Oh, good. You didn't give up on me. Okay, so <laughs> uh t- tell us about tell us about the book of smokeless fire. Well, you asked precisely who in their right mind would wish to actually invoke these things. Thankfully, the author of this book, Ben Kayin, has supplied the answer quite clearly. The book is essentially, uh, it is just the 72 jinn and uh, a method of evoking them, but uh, from the perspective of a chaos magician, he is uh, professedly a chaos magician and regularly refers to the forces of chaos, of the power of chaos and the chaos magic, which I find particularly interesting in that he states explicitly in this book that everyone must have their own system and yet he provides one right here it's sort of like a (laughs) like a it's almost hypocritical in a way but I suppose if you have a system you do want to share it this is how it's done but he provides a reason for why he's doing this let me get it out for you And though, as illustrated, there are differences between Miscellaneo de Solomon and the Goetia, if one integrates this new information from the manuscript into the known history of the Goetia, we begin to see a progressive line of magical structure beginning to establish itself. In the Miscellaneo de Solomon manuscript circa 1428 CE, we see the very first Arabic account of the infernal jinn being presented to King Suleiman, whereupon they deliver unto him by force, their title, habitation, and the bane they cause mankind. Later in the Book of Offices of Spirits, 1583, we see magical evocations added to this account so as to make the text unusable to, sol- to summon the demonic entities forth. Though now the original jinn of the Middle East were replaced by entities, demons of a European origin. And lastly, we see the addition of demonic so- uh, sigils, magical circles, triangles of the art, and tools of all the separate elements of the first two manuscripts. Finally, compounded into a part of a workable system known as Goetia in the 1600s, though the text is much more suited for those who were uh, akin to kneeling before the Judeo-Christian God and not of one who seeks true gnosis of self-deification. Regardless of the fact that, that in each of these terms the infernal beings described and worked within each differ from one another by name and description, a clear connection between these texts can be seen and has been established, or so he claims. Uh, Essentially, the book exists as a manifesto against order. 
He regularly talks about the jinn as being weapons to be used by the true knowing magician, chaos magician, against the servants and minions of order, uh, which he considers to be, he references briefly the surveillance state and any Judeo-Christian reference. He seems to have a real chip on his shoulder about uh, Judeo-Christianity, and I, I know where that chip comes from, but he takes it, he cranks that up to 11 by supplying everyone or by chaos magicians with a system of calling down these jinn. And they, not all of them cause death, as he classes them in the book, but they all are quite horrible. He classes them in the book under, uh, let's see, under several classifications. There are three classifications which he gives them. Let me see if I can find those classifications in here. Here we are. So the first, do not kill outright, though their victims may have rather well-chosen death over some of the horrendous and torrentious, torturous acts these jinn inflict upon their human quarry. Death is not the worst thing a human can experience. These jinn know this and exploit this knowledge to the fullest. These particular jinn make up the main body of the 72, containing 53 in total. And they do things such as drive someone insane, cause horrible insomnia, horrible afflictions, or they... Um, in fact, I think one of them just causes a man to lose all of his semen. I doesn't, it's not totally explicit as to how it does that. The second class of jinn are deadly. They kill in cold blood. No mercy is known or acknowledged in them. They are true killers waiting to be set free. And he regularly talks about this, setting these things free and loose. And he says that if you summon them without having a target, they will exact their, their toll upon the magician which is very similar to what was said by Heinrich Kramer in the Malleus Maleficarum about spirits evoked yeah. by witches. The third class of jinn are unique in that they concentrate on pregnant women causing death or deformation among other atrocities. And they do. They attack children, pregnant women. So one of them, I believe, just causes miscarriages or the death of children in their crib. Yeah, well, yeah uh, well, one of them I think one of them, one of them, if if this is if if he's following the same uh, the same uh, list as as we have in the Medicine of Solomon that uh, that Nineveh originally translated, uh, yeah, one of them causes abortions. I know I, I know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now now go to uh, go to the last one seventy two. Is that is that uh, Asherah? Essentially, in his, yes. In his version. No, it's Shara. So it's not Ashara, it's just Shara, daughter Shara. of Iblis. Yeah, the daughter of Iblis, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah Shara. And she that's the medicine that's the medicine's version of Asherah. Yeah. And they have Balem is one of the spirits, which is similar to oh, I just opened up to the page. Balem appears as a tall black man with large black wings. Having a monkey's head and a taloned bird feet, he dwells in water. As many of these spirits either dwell in mountains, refuse, or deep water, uh, he or dark places. He attacks his victim. He attacks extremely quickly and unseen, causing tearing of the flesh, disorientation, altered vision, and unconsciousness. He attacks both day and night with swiftness. So that's, ba uh, that's Balem. And then there's Shara rather than Asherah or um, Asherah. And of course, there are a few names in here which are rather curious that are similar to star names, which I found curious. There was Al Ghul, and there was also another one. I think it was Alderban, similar to Alderban, uh, which I found interesting. But other than that, the book itself contains instructions for aligning yourself with the dark serpentine energy of chaos. It's almost like an evil version of uh, uh, a brief evil uh, version of uh, like an Abramelin rite in some degree. And it has also added to those 72 an invocation to Iblis himself, an invocation right at the end to the, uh, the to Iblis, the father 
He is Lucifer, Satan, Samael, Shaitan, the Dark Lord. So he's not beating around the bush. He's not pretending that Iblis or Satan or Lucifer is some good guy. He's just, as he says, the first opposer, the one to first speak mm-hmm. out against yeah. order. But, I mean, yeah. it, the, the, it is a book written by a chaos magician dedicated to the destruction of all human order. Um, and I guess he might justify that by suggesting that he's somehow fighting back at the man, getting back at the system, I guess. But I don't know who requires demons to get back at the system to murder children. And more than that, I'm not entirely... I mean, if he wants a taste of what it is to cause a disease, thinking that a destabilized system is going to somehow help humanity, he need only look at the current day and what's going on. Sickness is no laughing matter. It's no joke. So I think you... you Yeah, I read through through the whole list uh, looking for... Uh, looking for one of them that that uh, that uh, comes up with something similar to this uh, uh, this uh, coronavirus, and the only one I found uh, that uh, was uh, did 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 that produced similar symptoms. Uh, it it the symptoms were primarily uh, co- uh, affected children, but actually uh, you know the coronavirus the other way around. Uh, Indeed, and, and uh, yeah, I because yeah, I was trying to. Spirit. Oh, sorry. There's one what? spirit, number thirty-three in this book, called Life, who uh, causes fever, shivers, and painful sickness. Yeah, Whoever I remember that. His one. victims with whispers in the mind, but it, that's the closest I could find. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of felt like maybe we could, maybe if we found one that that that, that we could that we could, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, kind of tagged to the to the coronavirus. Maybe we could maybe we could uh, maybe we could use the cure, uh, whatever the whatever the the official prescription uh, was. Uh, the might 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 work for the coronavirus, but I, I'm not sure. What's uh, uh, he doesn't he doesn't list uh, uh, in in his book. He he doesn't list the cures, does he? No, he does not, because he has no intention for the cures to be used. Yeah, he has no intention he, of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, but every one of the every one of the in in the original now, which 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 is in the the tome of a divine king, uh, in the original, every single one of these uh, these uh, demons, Fatishque, uh, uh, I, I can't pronounce it. That had the king of the the king of the jinn who who is. Uh, Working with Solomon, you know, he's he's one of Solomon's uh, supervisors, kind of like uh, Hiram Abiff, you know, building the temple, uh, and and he he is the one who uh, who uh, helps Solomon uh, deal with these these uh, uh, demons, and uh, so the, the 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 king of the jinn demands tells Solomon uh, demand, uh, what the cure is for each one of them. And and uh, the cure is and the, and the cures are, you know, they're kind of folk remedies. Some of them and uh, and and some of them are more more magical, uh, you know, uh, association magic. Uh, but every one, every one, every one of these demons has a cure, has a prescription, has an actual cure. And and so uh, so this fellow who wrote the the book of smokeless fire, he he is just. Eliminated the cures, right? Uh, no cure is mentioned under any of the spirits. Only what they are capable of performing uh, in regards to their uh, assault on humanity. Now, in the old original, in the old original testament of Solomon from the second century, those thirty-six, because he. Uh, in the original, they just used the the night demons. You know, there was there's uh, if right. you take all of the the, the demons of the decans, you got seventy two. You got pairs. You have thirty six decans. You know, around the zodiac. So so the way the Egyptian system works, you have two. You have a day. You have a you have a day demon and a night demon. So thirty six becomes seventy two, and that's where mm-hmm. this whole thing got, came from. So uh, in in the testament of Solomon, the thirty six. The, the, the 36 demons, their cures are mostly formulas and 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 particular angels. 
and this may be where we where we got the idea of you know of applying the Shemi Hamfarash. Uh, the the seventy two Shemihan for us angels to the uh, in the Goetia because mm. you know we all we've been we've been doing in the in the Goetia ever since uh, the seventeen hundreds we've been we've been uh, we've been safetying the Goetia the Goetic uh, spirits with uh, with Shemihan with the seventy two Shemihan for us angels I think the idea originally came from the Testament of Solomon because if you go through the Testament of Solomon each one of those thirty six spirits when when they come before Solomon uh, Solomon uh, demands their, you know, he de- he demands that their cure, and they give it to him. They, he doesn't have to get the king of the jinn to, to do it. They they uh, Solomon demands, and they and they say, and they they give him they give Solomon the name of an angel, or or a uh, some kind of a some kind of a magical formula to cure whatever it is they 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 do, mm. and and uh, you know so so. Uh, so this this guy, uh, this is the, this is perhaps the most dishonest thing about about this. Uh, what's his name? The, the author of this uh, this thing. Uh, he gives the name Ben Kayin. Yeah, this I think this is the most dishonest thing about his book. Is he is he he completely eliminates the cures that the uh, uh, you know that that the, 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 these that these. Uh, that 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 is that is dishonest, and I, I think that's the one, you know, because, yeah, uh, you know, if we criticize him, if we criticize him for being a chaos magician, you know, what, what you know, that, that you know, we 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 can't. Well, I, uh, I understand. Uh, I understand why he hasn't given the cures. If the cures are angels, I know why he hasn't given them because he's dedicated himself to uh, the process against order and angels represent the, an agents of order he would not wish to um, elevate any angels above agents well, of chaos he sees them so but I don't I mean, think there are any there, these, there are no angels uh, that, that the angels that was in the testament of Solomon with the 36 uh, in the medicine of Solomon uh, they, they're, 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 they're mostly folk remedies you know, like right. saffron and, and, and garlic and that ah. kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're mostly folk. It, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a collection of, uh, of, of um, folk. Like kind of, and some of them some of them are more pretty, uh, you know, pretty elaborate, and some of them are probably even poisonous. But, you know, like in Picatrix, they're, uh, <laughs> they warn you in Picatrix, for heaven's sake, don't do this. You know, don't do this. Some of these are deadly poisonous that they say are therapeutic. Well, I will, however, say this that um, despite his motives for the publication of the book being questionable, to say the motives don't resonate with them, suffice it to say. But we'll say this that his, uh, not necessarily his sigils for the spirits. But his get the phone closer to your mouth, Max. Get the phone closer to your mouth. You're 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 blurred out. All right. Hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I will say this for Ben Kayin that his triangles of the art. He has several that he's sort of done, and they're on circles, and they're not triangles of the art. They may. I don't know whether he intends them to be on mirrors or just simply. You know what I I think uh, you know uh, in order to give uh, some of our uh, our new listeners because uh, uh, I know that 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 in many in many ways we're probably talking in 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 an area especially in a cultural uh, area that they 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 are just probably completely lost. Uh, because you know, as I said, this this uh, this medicine of Solomon and 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 the Goetia and and the Picatrix and the Grand Key of Solomon, all these things, all these books, including the Zohar, and they all come out of that Spanish multicultural mix uh, back in the Middle Ages. And um, and I think in order in order to get uh, so our so some of our new listeners can get a kind of a handle on this. I think I think I will read 
I think I'll read chapter 7 from uh, the Book of Solomon's Magic, and that'll give them a kind of a, a, you know, get this thing in perspective. Oh, that's chapter 8, excuse me. Um, Alistair Crowley began his preface to Mather's translation of the Goetia with a tantalizing reference to the Arabian Nights setting it on a par with the Bible as a source of esoteric lore. But he offered no explanation for the comparison. In a subliminal sense, we accept the Arabian magician as the archetypal paragon of our occult tradition. But if we were asked to name one historical example, few of us could. If asked to cite even one Arabian magical text, most of us, except the credulous believers in the fictitious Necronomicon, would have to beg off. And yet, the vision of the Arabian Maj commanding the jinn enslaved by King Solomon persists undimmed in our mind's eye. The historical reality behind, behind this romantic image is, is an example of suppressed truth reasserting itself in legend and folklore. The fact that much of European magic and witchcraft was developed from Arabian sources emanating from Moorish Spain before 1492 of the Common Era. For a, for a millennium, clouds of smoke have been stirred up to obscure this essential truth by rabbis who do not want the origins of the medieval Kabbalah too closely examined, by imams and even Sufis who did not want the medieval pagan cult of Iran and Morocco revived, and a mixed bag of Christians, theosophists, and self-styled authorities on Nazi occultism who continue to insist that Western magic is essentially a survival of Manichaean Gnosticism. A fresh wind of genuine scholarship emanating from the University of London has recently blown away this long-standing smokescreen. Francis Yates' 1964 inquiry into the origins of Renaissance Neoplatonism has pointed to, a, to the Hispano-Moorish Hispano Picatrix as a major source for the astrological magic of the 15th century Magus Marsilio Ficino. This revelation along with J.B. Siegel's 1963 study on the Sabaean planetary cult of Haran, directed our attention back to Lynn Thorndike's 1923 monumental history of magic and experimental science, wherein we discovered a wealth of information on Arabian magical lore. In the terminal essay, following his translation of Alf Laya Walaya, uh, Francis Burton describes 9th century Baghdad as the richest and noblest city in the world. Cinematic Sinbadid fantasies hardly exaggerate its luxury and power. These were the times of the great caliphs and their fabulous court magicians. Mightiest of the wizards of old Baghdad was Thebet ibn Karat, the Sabaean from Haran. The Sabaeans were a mysterious race of celestial magicians who had lived in their ancestral city of Haran since before the time of Abraham. There they had perpetuated the astro-magical rituals of ancient Sumer and Akkad. To this arcanum they had added the Book of Enoch and the writings of Hermes Trismegistus and the Koran, the prophet had cited in the Quran, the prophet had cited them as exempt from forced conversion to Islam and they were allowed to perform their pagan philosophy while serving the sultans as court astrologers and wizards. And this is why the magic described in the Arabian Nights had such an obviously pagan character. The practice of attributing specific metals, perfumes, colors, jewels, and geometric forms to the planets in magical rituals can be traced back to the Sabaeans. Although there was some interest among medieval Jews in astrology, the astrological planetary aspects of magic 
and of the practical Kabbalah are Sabean. Besides the great Sabean influence, we should also consider the writings of the 9th century Islamic stage, sage Al-Kindi, who authored a treatise called The Theory of Magic Art or Stellar Rays, which was the precursor of Pacino's spiritist concept. This is very important, the stellar rays idea, because the idea was that the rays from the from the planets, uh, you know, come down and 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 this a lot of the geo a lot of the geo the geometry of astrology comes from the stellar rays principle. The idea of man acting in synchronicity with the celestial pulse of the living universe goes back to Al Kindi. The works of Abu Mansar, Costa Benluca, and Rises should also be cited as major sources from which European magicians drew their inspirations. In the area of sexual magic, we should consider the Bene Yehuda cult of sexual arousal, which, uh, without consumption, intended to raise enthusiasm, which would be redirected into poetic inspiration. This practice spread from Baghdad to Spain and influenced the medieval European courts of love. To the Kabbalistic perspective, there is the question of language itself. Hebrew Kabbalistic gematria is based on a number letter analog which certainly triggers subconscious associations, but Arabic Kabbalah, Abjad, is based on root word analogs, which are more direct in their deep structure associations. As an example, uh, Idris Shah cites the the consonantal root word klid in the Arabic word mole as synonymous with six other words of philosophical significance this is a kind of a this is a kind of a uh, a tonal of a tonal kabbalah you know this, this is a, a, a tonal gematria or a sonic gematria this is an intrinsic unilateral system whereas hebrew depends on a bilateral relationship with mathematics this math, this math analog is profoundly important in its own right, but the mathematical relationship also obtains in Arabic as well. And, for example, the barbarous names of the grimoires are of Arabic or Gnostic origin and are actually number formulas in letter form and also in sonic form. Semitic paganism manifesting in Moorish Spain also seems to have been a major source of what became the European witchcraft, a theory that Gerald Gardner himself lent support to in his novel High Magic Sade, 1949. Idris Shaw, 1964, suggests that witchcraft grew out of the cult and totem of the Anisa tribe, the word for goat, Anis, being cognate with Anisa. He also cites the use of the Aldame knife, meaning blood letter. And by the way, the, there's there's an Athame mentioned in 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 the Grand Key that we were that uh, that were we were uh, discussing tonight. They, you know, Halish Nas. Well, he certainly in, uh, in the book he certainly discusses the use of blood and somewhat insists upon it in this one. Oh, oh, he's into blood magic, too. There is definitely well, the use of blood in this book. Oh, yeah. Well, let me go ahead and finish uh, Finish that. I'm just about finished with this, this chapter here. Um, the witches' cross-quarterly festivals are noted as being identical with those of the Arabian calendar. The use of a Datura-based flying ointment, also cited by Michael Horner uh, in 1973, as central to the to the European witch cult practice, as corroborated by Shaw's linguistic re- reconstructions, Archon Durrell, who has a pen name for Idris Shaw, likewise attributes a Moorish Spanish origin to European witchcraft, but he links it to the Moroccan cult of the devil horned, which might be an outgrowth of the Anisa cult cited by Shaw. But of course, they're both the same person. Durrell 
also mentions the Aldame, knife for sacrifice. Most importantly, he credits the horn cult with a concept of reincarnation back into the same coven, which is strikingly familiar to Gardnerian eschatology. Wittershin's circumambulation is shown to be originally Muslim, and the worship of El Aswad, the black man, is traced to the Moorish horn cult. Our space is too brief to permit the fully Jesus of this material. Readers will find this witchcraft theory disturbing, if, and, and if they do, they are urged to read the sources before forming an opinion. Finally, it should, we should remember that the Croatia of the Lamegaton calls forth the gin from the brass vessel of King Solomon in accord with Arabian legends of magic. Solomon's secret seal with which he stoppered the gin inside the vessel, according to the Goetia, was the ancient Carthaginian tenitrum, the double-headed, the double-horned glyph of the North African moon goddess. This symbol, surmounted by the Sabaean planetary septagram, is the insignia, insignia of the Ordo Templi Astartes, and should serve to be a continual reminder of our rich legacy from the wizards of old Baghdad and the sorcerers of Morocco. I hope Nineveh enjoys that. I, I I think he read it years ago, and I think that that's why I think when he read that 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 chapter was probably one of the reasons why he sent me the 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 tome of a divine king. Uh, anyway, anyway, we're getting close to the to the end of the hour. You got Max? Uh, uh, what do you do? You think? Uh, do you think that? Uh, um, this book of smokeless fire uh, has any has any value, or do you think we should we should not uh, recommend people getting it? I uh, no, I think it has value. Um, I'm I'm interested in the in in what you were you know, when you were just talking there. You mentioned the Necronomicon, for instance, and this book exalts the Necronomicon as an archetype of the true book of magic. Regularly references it, and in fact. Uh, in some of the invocations, he has a whole chapter on barbarous names. And whereas you've said barbarous names actually have some form of gematria symbolism behind them, he simply says that barbarous names exist only to exalt the passions and energies of the magician. And in fact, goes on to use uh, passages that would constitute barbarous name type passages that are lifted entirely from H.P. Lovecraft's uh, there's one here that I know. Like he talks about Yog Sothoth here. Um, he he talks yeah. about there's this one line here that specifically is from the case of Charles Dexter Ward, one of my favorite books. Um, but what we can take away usefully, definitely, is um, he has these what would be called we'd call triangles of the art, or just he says triangles in a way, but they're not triangles. Uh, what they are are designs that are simultaneously three-dimensional and two-dimensional in that they, they're meant to be positions of focus. When you focus on them, you are entering into a state where you're drawing that which is in another space into our space, from two dimensions to three dimensions. You're trying to bridge, internally bridge that dimensional gap. And I have to say, despite all of my criticisms of his intentions, his designs for these triangles are quite inspired. They only exist I'm glad you mentioned pages. that because I saw that in one of the reviews and one of the promos on the book. I was I saw that this description of, of, the, of the, this angel, this angle magic. This was something that uh, was first in, was was first brought to our attention by Anton Lavey. You know the. Uh, the Church of Satan. They, he 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 was talking about that, the magic of angles and and Lovecraft in one of his stories when, uh, had these the these strange angles. You know that uh, I think I think this is uh, so. So I saw that the, the book of Smokeless Fire uh, promo on it talking about the angles. I'm glad you mentioned that because. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to. You know, I've got a, I've got a used copy. I've got a used copy of the book on the way, and it, it, it's probably down at the post office now. But, but it was raining today, so I didn't go down to get it. Uh, 
So I'm, you know, it, 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 the, use, the use of angles in magic uh, uh, is, uh, and that, that's something that that that, uh, that I hope he has some contributions on that. Indeed, I'd like to read a couple of uh, paragraphs that are the closing paragraphs of this book, which should give the listener a good a good sense of what this book is truly for, the why of this book, if I may. Okay, go ahead. Reading the book. It is my hope that my releasing of this manuscript be understood and seen as an act of war in the chance for a new peace in this reality that is my own, but recognize some others' views as well. If I didn't feel these entities could help fight the ever-controlling and restraining forces of order, I would never have released this text. If I didn't think that the time was now, 2013 CE, that this text was needed, this manuscript would never have been brought forth. The world is being repressed, creativity stomped out, freedom being taken away. It is my hope that this work be seen as a most terrible weapon to be used against those controlling forces of order so that diversity, free will, and the exploration of what could be may be allowed to exist. We must break down the walls that are being built up by the suppressed, by the suppressed living and the ability to have choice. This tome is an expression and embodiment of these eternal struggle, an expression of the fight for freedom, free thought, and free will. The entities in this book that are to be brought forth are to be the, are the, of the purest, blackest manifestations of chaos that there are. They are of their own reality. As I have said, chaos is pure potential, unbounded by any restraint. And while this is a positive aspect of this undefined force, there is also the side of it that is of pure destruction, that side that has no understanding of mercy, no thought of restraint or remorse. This raw energy is extremely powerful and not to be trifled with. It is to be released with intent and let go to complete its task. Do not stand in its way. These entities have been long waiting scratching at the veil and now in your hands lies the sword that will slash it open and part the way i bid you farewell may you use this devastating force when truly needed and may your intentions be noble in its application for we of the left-hand path must stand united if we are again to bring balance to this reality that is being controlled by order stand strong oh boy well, yeah, so, so well, actually, though, uh, you know, uh, I, I know you and I both are, are, are not on that path, but, uh, but uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, too many people in the magical community are on that path. Mm. And, and uh, uh, so perhaps, uh, uh, perhaps we ought to, we ought to publish. Uh, uh, of course, this this is this. Then, uh, uh, if you're listening to this one, I'm sure you will. Uh, when you when you reissue when you reissue the seven deadly names, I hope you've got the cures. You know, because because uh, uh, what, what what's this Quaylick or what, what's his name? Uh, he he eliminated the cures. And then he then he then he encourages he encourages us to you know people to use these things these 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 spirits as magical weapons, but we don't know we don't know the cures to them. So we I I think I I think maybe maybe at least at least the the seventy two dead, deadly names uh, we ought to have the cures in there along with the along with the illustrations. Uh, so when you when you get that back in print. Uh, definitely, let's have let let let's have the cures and and uh, um, uh, anyway, I think we're just about out of time and and uh, and uh, Seth Meth, thank you for for coming on and and, uh, and for sharing sharing the, that with us and and uh, actually, even though it's 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 uh, it's ferociously evil and. And at least it's a used. I, I at least I got a used copy of it, so so uh, so I'm not uh, I'm not supporting the you know the uh, profit of the book, but uh, I'm 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 kind of looking forward to looking at it. And uh, so next week we'll be back uh, we'll be back with another uh, with another hermetic hour. And uh, until then, 
uh, everybody, uh, uh, take care, be well, wash your hands, uh, and, uh, and try to avoid crowds and, and, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week and good magic. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.